0: Anybody who considers yourself a kid, you'd like to go to Sunday school, get out of here. Here we go. This way right here, right out out of here. Children, you are dismissed. Out that way, perfect. All right. Greetings and welcome. Mm. I got this start of a scratchy thing. My wife was out there. Now nah, she had to take the baby back upstairs. Um, so it was fun to celebrate in, with her in the first service I brought her in. She's the exact opposite of me. She never likes to be in front of people. But we've been married 35 years today. Isn't that crazy? Wow. We like to say about 26 of those happily. You know, uh year here, six months here, 20 minutes there, that kind of thing. No, she, she says... Yeah, she. I know. She says the same thing. One of my favorite stories, we were at Merle and Dorothy Wilhite's 700th anniversary. I think it was 65th, if you guys remember Merle and Dorothy. It was a big celebration up at the Basin. And then we got in the car, and I'm like, Jennifer, what do you think? 65. And at that point, we were at about 30 years. And she said, how about we just try to make it to 31? Yeah, that's that's exactly how, how it works for her. So uh, anyways, uh, and speaking of life and life-giving, Ava made Leeds. Leeds usually sit right over here. She was born yesterday and uh, C-section, but everybody's fine and doing well. Eight pounds, three ounces, and about that long. You know, they're all about that long when they're born. 20 inches, 21, 20 and a half, whatever. It's all the same. But uh, everybody's doing fine, and she's doing great. And uh, also, just so you're aware of some things, you might notice the banners are still here, even though they're harder to pick out as this thing continues to develop. Today, we'll grab that stack of wall sections that's there and put a big stage together for VBS. But first thing I want to draw attention to is the church-wide retreat. That's next fall, the week after Labor Day. And it's an opportunity. We have such a great time. Can you, oh, we got the pictures up there. You're all awesome. see. Look at there were thousands of people there last year, last time, three years ago. Actually, there were over 200 and some people. It was actually great for our church for the size of our church. And go to the next slide. There's a beautiful James. James, are you in here? No, he was... He's, I thought I saw him wandering around anyways. Look how gorgeous he is. And this was Kevin. So Kevin did this thing to open the sessions where he'd come out like he got a cell phone call from God. Uh, hello? God? Yeah, it was really... It was creative. I don't know what we'll do in the next go around, but it was a lot of fun. It is an awesome time for us to get together. Uh, I want you to know for those of you who have not made it to one of these, we only do it every three years. So a number of you, you've joined the church or come to the church in that time frame. This is the best way in the world to get to know some people, to find those people that you have things in common with that we just don't have the chance at this level in here to develop things that far. So it's a great opportunity. We have speakers, fantastic music together. We worship and we have uh, communion together. We sit around the campfires at night and sing. It's, a, it's an awesome time. And so I would love for you to plan for that. Just so you know right now, Following the service, I'll try to remember this at the end of the service, there will be a handful of people out by the Welcome Center with iPads who will register you right there. You don't, To remove excuses is part of the goal, because at this point we have about half of the registrations Compared to three years ago that we had at this time, so we would love to kind of ramp that up a little bit before we go out to the amphitheater We'd love for all of you to be there. That's for sure and VBS, of course is going on. You see all the stuff Uh, If you promised to bring some items, please bring those this week Uh, Next week, we'll be wrapping up things on Sunday and it starts Monday the 10th in here it'll be crazy so thank you by the way you all get to help next week whether you like it or not because we're going to carry all these chairs out of this room and carry them into the library and you will help with that process if you're here who how many of you just decided to not come next week yeah we got good job mark way to go way to sell it anyways this is uh how this thing works and I also would like for you to pray with us with Gail, niece, the kids and everything for Barry. Barry is fading. He really took a downturn this week. And uh, we, we may be near, very close to the end. And of course, a long-term story with uh, Dillon Community Church and in this community forever. Uh, so continue to pray for Barry and we'll pray right now. Let's do that. Lord, thank you for the chance to be here, to gather together, to um, enjoy your, your uh, spirit inside of us that we can pass to each other we gather in that spirit of prayer as we change the conversation from our plane our human plane to include you and we ask for barry and for his family we ask for patience and for uh, kindness and for a sense of peace and comfort right now Uh, please give that to them Um, And we ask, Lord, that if if you have decided it's Barry's time, may that be peaceful for him. May he experience grace in that hour. And give the family courage. And we pray on others as well on their behalf. And we have this interesting contrast of new life today with the Leeds family, and then the ending of life. And that's one of those great tensions that you built for us to observe and to to cause us to ask questions and to draw our attention to you because we don't know what to do often. And we pray all that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for coming today. And uh, this is kind of the finalization, four-part series. By the way, these will all be posted on YouTube, Errol. Svensson has been running different cameras and things and including the music sets because this would give anyone insight into what we mean by worship culture at Dillon Community Church. Today, we're going to get very specific. The last three weeks, we've been building much more of a theological platform. Today, we're going to drill down in and say, what does it mean for us here? Now, if you've come from another church... And you're here for one week and you're going home. We're not trying to exclude you. This is a family conversation. But you can actually ask yourself some questions related to the same ideas that we have had to ask. Because there's a one really, really important question. Why does DCC exist? This specific church in this specific place. Give me some ideas. What do you think? Why does this church exist here? That's a good start. Who else? (laughs) Community, it's in our name, right? So it is about building a sense of people gathering together and bonding together for a certain communal effort. What else? Right? A sense of bringing a bunch of different people together. You'll hear that as a common theme here in Just a Matter. In fact, a crucial theme. What else? Worship. Worship right? Thank you for pointing that out, since this is a worship series. I appreciate that. What else? Teaching, right? We need both encouragement and a sense of, of uh, spurring on, and we also need facts and truth, right? That's where we've been talking. What else? Okay, let me ask you this, or let me ask it this way. Other churches in this community, do they have a different mission from that? Should all of those things be true at every church? Yes, honestly. That's, now, that's not wrong. We usually start with the things that are universally true about a church. But let me ask you this question. Why does DCC specifically need to exist in Summit County? Without DCC, Summit County loses something. That gets trickier. I saw all of you kind of go, you almost did that thing like the dogs go, huh? Like that kind of a thing, right? Because we don't usually think of it that way. We usually think of the things that, in all honesty, we have in common with one another. And we don't think of the things that are actually distinctive. I ask this question every year, at least once in the ministry planning time, sometimes more than that. Because this is true, if DCC does not need to exist in Summit County, let's sell the building and go do church with somebody else, okay? But I think we do have a very specific purpose and niche in Summit County. I call it a prime directive, if you will. This is far better than has been here or any individual member. This is actually overarching over the top over its entire existence, DCC. By the way, it took me seven years to be able to articulate this. So I thought I would, I'm going to read a few more things today because I want to be sure that I articulate them in such a way that it's taken us a lot of time to craft this thinking. DCC is a unique evangelical church within its context of Summit County, Colorado. We're a true confluence of numerous Christian church denominations, approaches, and interpretations. How many of you are from Presbyterian background? Pretty good representation. How about Methodist background? Ooh, smattering at best. Baptist background. Catholic background. It's actually almost always the biggest representation. We could go on, right? Now, in the first service, it was fascinating because it was almost perfectly even. There were like seven, nine... 10, 6, it was like all the way across, because that's who we are. We come together from different denominations and backgrounds, but listen to this distinctive as to what happens then. We hold to and teach from a simple doctrinal statement based on a high view of Scripture. We don't just say Scripture is kind of optional and it's got some good things to help us learn some about life. We say that is our foundational teaching. Second of all, a thoroughly Trinitarian God that is specific not to every Christian context at all. A necessary salvation. In other words, every human being needs to be saved based on a personal faith in the work of Christ. There are a number of churches that do not believe that. A universal church with a mission to fulfill the Great Commission, a sense that we're all in the same business and regular observance of the non-salvific ordinances of baptism and the Lord's Supper. We do not believe you must engage in the Lord's Supper or baptism in order to be a Christian, a follower, a true believer in Jesus. We don't believe that you have to do that. Those are our core elements. That I didn't make up those sentences. Those I copied out of our bylaws from back in the 60s. So it's part of the definition of this church. Now, staff, this is what's very, very interesting, is yet DCC allows any individual who will acknowledge this doctrinal posture to regularly attend church gatherings, be involved in active ministry roles, join the church fellowship, and even become a board member or a staff member without, this is the key word, without requiring conformity to a specific set of beliefs beyond the basic statement. That sets us apart completely from every other church pretty much in their mission in this community. If you want to be a part of a Presbyterian church, you have to say, I embrace Presbyterian doctrine and thinking beyond the core elements of the Bible and and the mission of God. And I, I embrace that. And now I'm going to become a member, especially if you're going to be a pastor in a Methodist community. You have to be a Methodist in mindset. We never ask you, I say we, this church never asks you to abandon your backstory. You never have to quit being Presbyterian, dang it, and get over here. It's not that. It is, come in, bring your backstory with you, and we work together in that. Thus, A person may expand the basic statement on a personal level to include specifics about a variety of doctrinal positions, including, but not limited to, there's a little uh, legal speak, but not limited to sacraments, free will, sovereignty, spirit, gifts, the role of the church and state, and on and on and on. So you can hold on to those things, and in fact, you're encouraged to do so. And for that to be distinctive from the person who's sitting next to you, and that's fine. The only common requirement is that all agree to discuss, practice, or teach varieties with a posture of preference or emphasis and without divisive dissension. That is super important and almost unheard of in most churches. You can even stand up in the pulpit, you can be a, a teacher. You can embrace and hold certain things that are different from a number of other people in the congregation as long as you're willing to discuss those as preferences or emphases and not divide over them. Push someone away, belittle, demean their posture. You don't have to agree, but you don't attack. This is exactly what our bylaw says. When... Teaching about doctrinal issues not found in the bylaws, wherein widespread differences of interpretation are known or believed to exist among Bible-believing Christians, the teacher should endeavor to fairly point out the different widely held views, and the teacher may state and defend his or her personal beliefs as such. We, at different times in this church, have had as many as four different franchises represented on the pastoral staff at one time in this church. But what we didn't do is all say, well, we just abandoned our backstory. We bring all of those benefits from our backstory, but we're willing to embrace and engage with one another. That in my mind, in its simple, if you walk away with nothing else, know that is true about why this church is necessary in this community. There's no one else that's doing that. By the way, how many Presbyterian churches are in Summit County? Zero. There are some of the franchises represented, and some of the franchises are not. And so we want to be the place where everyone can come, and we don't just homogenize and say, oh, everybody's right. We're not even trying to pretend that. What we're saying is, Everybody has to agree on these central core five or six items. And beyond that, we can all differ, and that's absolutely fine. You can be on the board. At one point in time, we had nine different franchises represented on our church board here. I keep using the word franchises because I love this famous joke, and it's famous for its irony. Once, I saw a guy standing on a bridge, and he's about ready to jump. And I said, don't do it. He said, nobody loves me. And I said, well, God loves you. Do you believe in God? And he said, yes, I believe in God. And he said, so what kind of God? Are you Muslim? Are you Christian? What are you? He said, well, I'm a Christian. I said, are you Protestant or are you Catholic? He said, Protestant. I said, me too. <laughs> what franchise? He said, Baptist. I said, no way, me too. Northern Baptists or Southern Baptists. He said, Northern Baptists. I said, me too. Northern Conservative Baptists or Northern Liberal Baptists. He said Northern Conservative Baptists. I said, no chance, me too. Northern Conservative Baptists Great Lakes region or Northern Conservative Baptist Eastern Region? He said Northern Conservative Baptist Great Lakes Region. I said, you gotta be kidding, me too. I said Northern Conservative Baptist Great Lakes Region Council of 1879 or Northern Conservative Baptist Great Lakes Region Council of 1912. He said Northern Conservative Baptist Great Lakes Region Council of 1912 and I said die heretic and I pushed him. (laughs) Now why is that funny? (laughs) It's funny because it's ridiculously ironic that that's a tendency in the church. We find there's 97 things on which we align. We find the three, and we want to push the person off the bridge, right? It, by the way, is a little convicting of the world's perception of what we are as Christians. Should be convicting. So this church, thankfully, that, by the way, was voted one of the 20th... 20th, to the 20 funniest jokes in in the world, that joke, and it 's because it resonates with everybody and we get it. So I want to say this is a, a really crucial part of what it means to be a part of the worship culture here that's not who we endeavor to be. It just is not. Um, Kath, can we put up those verses and, oh, see, you're just, you're all over it. This last time I, I, uh, I tricked her. And so this time she was ready for me. Uh, this is from Ephesians chapter five. If you'd like to open your personal electronic devices, this is, uh, Ephesians four actually is where we'll start and then we'll go into five. Interestingly, this might be curious to you. It is to me. How much do you think the Bible talks about worship in general and especially the new Testament? Well, it's pretty fascinating. In the Gospels, Jesus only mentions worship specifically three times. Once is when he is uh, talking with Pharisees, and the Pharisees are accusing him of allowing his disciples to break the Sabbath. The second one that's actually the most crucial is the woman at the well, which we studied in, uh, thoroughly a couple of weeks ago. The third one, do you know who he talks about worship with? Satan. In his temptation... Because Satan says, I will take you up. If you worship me, I'll give you... I mean, that's the last temptation of Christ, is literally worship. But Paul only talks about it a few times as well, as he was. Jesus invented the church. Paul clarified and kind of qualified the church, if you will. And in these letters, he talks and gives us data. This is the beginning of chapter 4 of the letter to Ephesus, which is the practical. It's a Colossian letter. The first half of every one of these letters is very theological, and then the second half is always very practical. And Paul says, so now here's what you do as a result of what you know back here. And he starts it this way. As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received, and this is what it's going to look like. Be completely humble, gentle, patient, Bearing with another in love. There's our description of our posture towards one another. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Peace shows up. Unity being the thing to maintain. Again, Jim has done a great job over the last several weeks helping us connect with the fact Unity is part of the holiness, the called into. This is part of what God has given you in the spirit to begin with, is a propensity for unity. Not disunity, but unity. That's biblical. So now he's saying this is your job is to continue, make hard work to maintain the unity that you were given. Listen to this. There's, see how many ones you count. There's one body, one spirit. You were called to one hope, when you were called one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. So there's all the He's the Father of all, He's in all, He's through all, He's a part of, He's over all. You get the point? There's one much more than there's many. But it's applied for the many, the all. That's the culture of the gospel. Your focus should be on unity and building that up, not on disunity and dividing from each other. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. Let's skip a little part. It says this, So Christ himself gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, why? To equip his people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach, what? Unity. Anytime Paul says something once, it's important. When he says it over and over and over, it's exponential. It's not like it's just twice as important. It multiplies by itself. So this is really front and back in a sense of like bookends. He's saying what we're talking about here is unity, and that's the bottom line to this thing. Unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. That's what maturity looks like. Maturity is not I'm finding more divisions between us and distinctives. Maturity is I'm finding more ways to embrace in unity. And that is in the knowledge of the Son of God. You become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, which is a phrase he's always used, already used in chapter 3, the full measure. Then we'll no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching, by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming, but instead speaking the truth in love, that speaking word, I'm going to grab another one of those, same word here in a minute. We'll grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. You hear all these repetitive things. Those are on purpose. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows. It builds itself up in love as each part does its own work. Do you hear how repetitive? He's like saying the same thing from different angles all over the place. We come together. We do our jobs by bringing our gifts and what we have been given from christ and we bring it together and cumulatively we're more than the individual sum of the parts now in chapter five after he goes through some more discussion he gets to worship be very careful then how you live not as unwise but as wise if you remember from the colossians passage last week wisdom was a big part of that as well making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, don't be foolish, the contrast to wise, but understand what the Lord's will is. And here's what the Lord's will is. Don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. This is not a, a blanket statement about drinking. You have to read these letters first in the context to which they were written so that you can understand what is Paul trying to get at, and then you extrapolate it out to our culture today. Don't start with our culture, start with the readers of the letter, and in Ephesus, They were big on the big cult worship of Diana and Dionysius. And both of those were very hooked together. Here's what the belief was in the worship of Dionysius. If we enjoy the things that God has given to us, sexuality and food and pleasure and whatever else, that's how we're actually saying to the gods that we appreciate, and that we're very grateful for everything, and please give us more. That's how we receive more blessing. And the culture of worshiping Dionysius was full of parties. It would be like you very regularly go to New Orleans for Mardi Gras, and that's how you worship Now that's, I bet you a man invented that worship concept. I I promise you that. Because that just is a good reason to drink a bunch of beer. But while we're talking about alcohol, let me point this out. Never forget this. This is really important. They had not invented distillation yet. They're a long way from the capacity to put very high levels and quantities of alcohol into any kind of a beverage. They didn't even have the possibility. They just naturally lent, and it became that alcohol filled. So you would have to drink a lot, but they regularly did in their worship cultures. And now here's what's probably going on, and this is... I admit this, this is kind of uh, an assumption drawn, but it's well-informed by their culture. Paul is saying, some of you are thinking you're going to get more of the Holy Spirit if you just drink a lot. Because it feels like, oh, we're dropping our our inhibitions, we're allowing the Holy Spirit in more, we get a little happier, we get a little more dancey, you know, we get that kind of response to things. So... Let's have these parties like we did in the Dionysius worship and we'll incorporate it into our Christianity and we get more Holy Spirit. Paul says, don't don't believe the wine is the Spirit. It's different. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. How? Speaking. Remember I pointed out speaking The truth in love, back in chapter 4, same word, exact same participle right here. Speaking to one another. There's a reason he says that here and sing next. Speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, songs from the Spirit. Psalms are very Jewish in culture. Hymns were very Greek in culture. And songs were general. So he's saying, find any kind of a mechanism that has music attached to that and use it to speak to one another, encourage one another, just like you're speaking truth and love. You speak using these tools to bring information from the Spirit to one another. It actually makes sense if you connect it across. And sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. Thankfulness, a big part of the Colossian passage. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So this builds the culture, the mindset, the posture towards one another before he goes into all the lists of husbands, treat your wives like this. Wives, treat your wives like this. Slaves, behave like this. The household code. This is the culture behind the household code. Worship as a tool to help encourage, build one another up, and bring about unity. That's the point. I'm going to read a couple of things to you because these took me several years to to kind of clarify at this level. So that I can keep myself on track and you can understand a little more. Excuse me. This is specific to DCC now. We seek to foster a culture every Sunday with both energy and contemplation, targeting the heart, to worshipers who worship the Father and spirit, and the mind, and in truth, for they're the kind of worshipers the Father seek. That's what we spent the whole first week on. Our gatherings are 70 minutes in length, typically. They're divided into halves, pretty much, although, to be honest with you, because We put communion, and uh, we receive an offering, and we sing at the end. We actually spend more time in a culture of what we typically call worship than we do in the sermon, in virtually every service. Often we include the reading of Scripture, creeds, prayers mingled in with the songs. We collect offerings as a responsive act of worship, serve open communion every week, everybody's invited, And occasionally include baptisms, child dedications, and other worship ceremonies. That's a big part of what we do. Sunday mornings are a very high investment level thing every week. We put a lot of energy into making this happen. 35 or 40 people it takes to pull it off on a weekly basis. It's a big deal to us. And we view it as such. Next, we sing familiar songs, both old and new, providing accessibility to people from many church backgrounds and regional locations. Our style would be described as blended, incorporating contemporary Christian top 40 songs, as well as traditional and modern hymns. We are bipolar. Uh, yeah, I thought I'd get a good reaction out of that. I didn't write that in here, but I describe us as this often to colleagues Because we have this 40 weeks that we're in here, there's two services that are exactly the same, and it's a little more family-oriented. Then we go for 12 weeks out to the amphitheater from Father's Day to Labor Day, and we have a bit of a difference in how we approach things. We're very aware that people are from all over the place. It's a big part of why I bring all the bands in. I'll describe that here in just a minute. We meet 40 weeks through the fall, winter, spring inside our facility, 12 weeks from Father's Day to labor here. I just said that. While indoors, we hold two gatherings each Sunday at 8, 30, and 10. They're identical in length and style and culture and are family-oriented. That's on purpose. We experimented for a while with having different style services on Sundays, having a contemporary service and then having a traditional service. You know what happened? It became divisive. And in fact, people started doing the competition. Well, I like that service better. And, oh, well, that, that music team's a lot better than the other. It literally started doing that. You know, it's I'm of Paul. I'm of Apollos. You know, it was that thing that was going on. And so we said, we don't want to foster that here. So we use the same teams in both services doing the exact same copy of each other. So that's not a different experience. That's thought out. While outdoors, we host a single service at 930. Our culture and Bible teaching approach remain unchanged. That's important. We don't dumb it down in the summer. We do not. We do not simplify it. We also don't make it more universalist in nature. Everybody's okay if you're here. Everybody's all right. We're all okay. Everybody's good. We do not do that. We remain true to our core elements of definition. But we aim to provide plenty of energy in the song sets, more of a public orientation by inviting bands from outside Summit County and incorporating them to promote cross-pollination and exposure to new songs. That's very intentional why we bring different bands up from the front range. They provide a newness. Have you ever thought about this? If we use the exact same bands all summer, which we did for a long time, it started to dawn on me, oh, our church family still feels like this is a family meeting, when we bring in a different band, it's like you're experiencing the exact same as the people from Nebraska that have only been here twice, right? We have a bunch of people that come in the summer. I had a guy last year tell me, this is my 25th summer. We have a condo up here. We come only for the summer. We're here 10 to 12 weeks. Then we go back to Nebraska. Bless his heart, poor Nebraska guy. <laughs> and, and he said, so when I come here, this is my church. So how do we interact with those folks? Or the people who drop in on a once, on a ride-by. They're pedaling by, and they pull up and stop. It's a different culture at that level. The third big thing is this. To promote involvement, multiple entry points are provided into various music teams for regular attenders with a broad spectrum of skill sets, Focusing attention on heart attitude over performance. There's a lot of points in that. First of all, we want people to be involved in this whole process. If you walk away with the second thing, first of all, be aware of our prime directive. Second of all, feel like this is a place for you to be involved on Sunday mornings. If you have musical skills, we'd love to talk with you. Find out how you would fit in. What would work? There's some instruments that may not work so well. If you play the harp, it's going to be hard. We'll, we'll, we'll figure something out. But we are trying to be inclusive on that level. And you do not have to be developed to a pro level. We have several professional musicians that play on our teams. We also have some middle schoolers involved on our teams. And everybody in between in skill sets. That's intentional. It's also intergenerational. We don't have a youth band. Okay, everybody ever under 20, go be the band, and then we'll play you once a month or something like that. We did that for a while here, and I learned. Actually, that doesn't promote the learning and the cross-pollination so that younger people are learning what it means to be on a worship team from older people at the same time. So feel like there's plenty of entry points. We've got AV people. We've got people running the sound. We've got greeters, ushers. Again, there's, at one point in time, when I counted up the involvement, it was 75-some people involved in all of the components that it takes to pull off this church service, and that wasn't including the teachers. That's a whole other culture that goes on right now. This is a church. We have 207 members. Almost half of them are involved in making Sunday mornings. So you're invited to be a part of it. And last, but certainly not least, we promote heart attitude over performance quality. That's very important because here's what Rob and I both talk about this and we we sometimes discuss individuals that maybe have some great skill sets but seem to not bring a heart of worship, they actually think this is an American Idol audition. This is not. Never want it to be. Now that doesn't mean we don't care about the quality. We rehearse, we practice our skills, but at the same time, the primary thing is the heart of the worshiper. That's the primary thing. I think I want to end it on this way. First, I hope you feel like you've got a chance to be a part of things. Second of all, I hope you understand how this is such a great representation of how DCC is a confluence of things. We are not a melting pot. A melting pot tends to reduce the distinctions all the way down to where they're barely recognizable anymore. We want you to bring your differences and your distinctives and keep them. Bring them to the table. That would be theological discussion. That would also be worship culture. People from all over and the teams and everyone involved. I hope you feel that. And I hope you definitely feel a sense of that worship is a big this aspect of who we are is a big thing that keeps us, keeps tractionable for us in the actual reason DCC exists in this county. It's super important. So I invite you to be a part at whatever level. If you prefer to sit there and engage, but engage. Sing. You don't have to sound good. Sing. Sing out. You don't, but my wife says all the time, well, I make a joyful noise. Okay, I'll take that. I'll take it for sure right? Sing, sing out. When we quote things, when we read the creeds or whatever, engage with it. That's what we're, it helps build unity, literally brings us together. Did you know that prior to Martin Luther, congregational singing, everyone singing together, had probably gone out of the church by about 150, maybe as late as 200 AD, and then it did not exist in the church until Martin Luther. Till the Reformation. Did you know that? There were pros, people who would sing. Often it was pretty boring. And it didn't have a ton of energy in it. And they would sing. The cantors would sing to the congregation. This congregation never sang or participated in things. Maybe some responsive reading. But it wasn't very often, to be honest. Prior to Luther. Luther said that's got to change. Here's what he said. Music is a fair and lovely gift of God, which has wakened and moved me to the joy of preaching. I have no use for cranks. What's the German word for cranks? Somebody help me with that. I would love to know what that is. I have no use for cranks who despise music because it's a gift of God. Music drives away the devil, and it makes people happy. They forget thereby all the wrath, the unchastity, the suffering, the arrogance, and everything else in their life. Next, after theology, I give to music the highest place and the greatest honor. You already, where you just put it in order, even with personal prayer, personal study? I would not exchange what little I know of music for something great. Experience proves that next to the word of God, only music deserves to be extolled as the mistress and governess of the feelings of the human heart. There was a mistaken belief that if you got people too worked up in church services, they'd probably sin. He's saying, no, no, no. Music actually helps you give a context to your feelings, to what's going on inside. We know that to the devils, music is distasteful and insufferable. Have you ever thought about that? If they don't like it, we should be doing it, is what he says. My heart bubbles up and overflows in response to music, which has so often refreshed me and delivered me from suffering and my dire plagues. And believe me, Luther had plenty. Augustine had said, I do not want to worship with music and response, and feel like I want to dance or move because it creates this sense inside of me that wants to go enjoy earthly, fleshly pleasures. And it pretty much killed music in the church for sure after 400. Luther said, massive mistake. And now, what you get to experience every week, we just take it for granted, right? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the vehicle for the fact that music is not just a waste of time. It is remotely not that. It is a vehicle that is an accomplisher. It's got power. It allows us to repeat the great truths in a context that helps them to stick in our minds. It uh, gives us a sense of unity. It pulls us together. It uh, helps us to honor and give great celebration for what you have brought to be. So thank you for that. Uh, We want to continue in our worship this morning of you as we respond. And uh, we do that in Jesus' name. Amen.